0: Welcome to the One Church Home Podcast. This podcast is directly tied to our weekly teachings. If OCH isn't your home church, we encourage you to get plugged into your local body. We pray the sermon blesses you as we press into the word of God together. It is great to be here with the family this morning. So very excited about all that God is up to you, everything that he's doing. We are grateful for a 21-day fast that concludes today. That was awesome, I hope. So many of you participating, uh, it was just great. Just really, really good. Ian, are we gonna announce March this morning? Should we do it? All right, is it March 6th? I think it is the 6th, it's close. March 6th, good morning, Conrad. March 6th, we are going to start our midweek services here. And so from from here on out, as much as the Lord gives uh, the ability to, I'll be preaching here every single Wednesday night for the midweek service. And uh, we've got some great things in store, some great series, some great book studies, and we're really, really excited about it. So mark your calendars, be getting ready for Wednesday, March 6th. Now, I've been told And I find this to be a very small number. I've been told that in order to birth that service, in order to really make it happen, we've got the worship team, we've got the speaker, what it's gonna require is 20 people. That's nothing. 20 people, we could sneeze 20 people. I mean, 20 people. 20 people can give birth to that service by saying, hey, I'll volunteer in the youth ministry twice a month. That's it. So the question isn't, do I want to preach every Wednesday night? Done deal, I'm yours. Take it or leave it. The worship team, they're all in. The question is, body of Christ, y'all at One Church Home in Fairview, Tennessee, do you want to have a midweek service every week with preaching and teaching and fellowship and worship? Because if you want to do that, it's all up to you. So we'll be here. It's just whether our kids will be running around like crazy or they'll be being ministered to as we reach the next generation. So we'll let you know how you can sign up in the weeks and days to come, but here we go. Uh, All right, this morning, the title of my message is Light or Darkness, Your Choice. Light or Darkness, Your Choice. Now, I wanna say this to everybody who's here, everybody who's watching online, that at the end of this message, I'm telling you up front, at the end of this message, I'm gonna give an opportunity for people to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm telling you in advance because I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Give me the privilege of your attention for the next 30, 40 minutes. Listen to what the scripture says. Listen to what God has to say and then you make a decision i pray to follow jesus now i'm going to tell you up front here's what it's going to take it's going to take some humility in you because you're going to have to say god i'm not perfect god i have sinned god i have broken your law i admit it i come clean i'm not hiding my darkness i'm here it is god here i am that takes humility the other thing it's gonna take is just a wee bit of courage. And I say a wee bit, because you're surrounded right now this morning by hundreds of people, hundreds and hundreds of people, who would, who would be nothing short of ecstatic to celebrate you into the kingdom of God. Now, we, we didn't plan this, right? But let me just ask this question. Is there anybody in the house that would be happy if someone gave their life to Jesus this morning. That's why I said a wee bit of courage. Like, there's not a bunch of people up here going, I dare you to do it. There's a bunch of people that are going to shout and clap and celebrate you into the kingdom of God, just like the angels are doing. Jesus said, when one sinner repents, all the angels in God, uh, all the angels in heaven, rejoice. So... A little bit of humility, a little bit of courage. Now, why? Every single person Jesus called, he called them publicly. There is no such thing, y'all, as a closet Christian. Oh, well, I just keep my faith to myself. Uh-uh. Jesus said, if you will deny me before men. That means be silent and quiet and in the closet. If you'll deny me before men, I'm gonna deny you before my Father who's in heaven. I don't want that. But he said, if you'll confess me before men, if you'll let your light shine, then he said, I'm gonna confess you before my Father in heaven. That's, that's why we call people publicly because every single person Jesus called in the scriptures, he called publicly. And it gives you an opportunity, the moment you're saying yes to Jesus, to do it publicly. So that's why we do it. So a little bit of humility, a little bit of courage, and your life can change in just a wee bit. Light or darkness, your choice. We're going to continue our study in the Gospel of John, John chapter 1 verse four and five, I'm gonna give you the longest sermon introduction you've ever heard before I really get to the sermon, so here we go. John chapter one, verse four and five. In him, speaking of Jesus, in him was life, okay? And the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I love the detail of scripture because already just in those two verses, there's this awesome thing that we have to recognize. Number one is, it says that there was, past tense, there was light and life in Jesus, but then by the time it's over, it also says, and that light shines now. So it's a past tense, yes, the light of Jesus did shine, but it's also in the present tense that it still shines today. How many of you know the light of Jesus will never stop shining? The light and life and love of Jesus never stops. It is right here, right now, as much as it was there 2,000 years ago when he was walking the shores of Galilee. Light, it did shine and it does shine. And what does it shine on? It shines on man's sinful darkness. Friends, God's solution to man's darkness has always been light. This is God's solution. I I love this, the symbolism of this. If we were in John chapter one, if we go back to the very beginning to Genesis chapter one, many of us have heard this, but look at this Genesis chapter one, verses one through four. It lets us know that God's solution to darkness is light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now listen to how the earth was. It was without form, and it was void. And what? Darkness was on the face of the deep. But then the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and then God said, what? Let there be light. Because God isn't about darkness, God is about light. And when he sees darkness, he says, there's gotta be an infusion of light into that thing. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that what? It's good. The light is good. And God divided or separated light from darkness. In the first four verses of the scripture, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is exactly what Jesus comes to do. In the beginning, the earth was desolate and empty just like lost people are desolate and empty in it was in darkness it was a dark place but God spoke light into it and it was good and then God said I got to do a separation here I've got to separate light from dark and make a difference listen what God did at creation by speaking light into darkness was a precursor it was a precursor to what and who has shown in our hearts Jesus to invade man's sinful darkness. It was an illustration that Jesus would come one day and shine into our darkness. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 proves that point to us. Paul writes and says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, Genesis chapter one that we just read, who has shown in our hearts to give what? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul connects what Jesus came to do as the light of the world to shine in the darkness of mankind to what God the Father did at the very beginning of creation. He saw a thing that was without form and void and dark and said, I can't allow this to happen anymore. (laughs) Let there be light and light happen. It's the same thing he wants to do in people's lives right now here this morning. Without Jesus, without question, you're sitting in darkness. God didn't want you in darkness. God wants you to come to the light and he's wanting to shine the light of Jesus into your hearts. I pray that you see it. So when we're talking about light, what is light? Light, light is, it's spiritual revelation. Paul just called it knowledge. Light is spiritual revelation. It is, it is the enlightenment of your heart and your mind and your spirit. It is the understanding of who Jesus really is, what he's come to offer you, and how you need to respond. It is the understanding of God's word and will and way. It is spiritual revelation of what God wants to do. It's it's the kingdom of God. It it is where and, and how God rules and reigns. That's what light is. This is why Jesus said, John chapter eight, verse 12, we'll get there in like six years from now, but we'll get to John chapter eight. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Listen, he who follows me shall what? Not walk in darkness. Because when you're walking with Jesus, who is the light, there's no way you're walking in darkness. But you have what? The light of life. You have an understanding, a spiritual revelation of who Jesus really is. And it changes everything. It transforms you from darkness to light. Now, what is darkness? Well, we could just say, well, it's the exact opposite of light. In part, that's true. What is darkness? It is spiritual blindness. Where one is spiritual revelation, it is spiritual blindness or darkness. It is the ignorance of heart and mind. It's the lack of understanding of the word and the will and the ways of God. That's what it is. It is is the antithesis of of the rule and reign of God. It is the domain and power of Satan. Darkness is where He rules and reigns, and that's why God hates darkness. He hates darkness generally speaking. He hates darkness personally speaking. He hates darkness in your life or in my life. He doesn't like it. He showed it, that showed us that from the very beginning, darkness. I don't, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but beloved, think about this. When I say it is the domain and the power of Satan himself, the scripture backs this up a bajillion percent. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, when Paul is describing what Jesus said to him, the moment that he came to the light himself and called Paul into the ministry. Paul's recounting some of what Jesus said to him. And he said, Paul, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go and what? Open their eyes. In order to what? Turn them from darkness to light. That's what this is about, darkness and light. You need to turn from it. And turn from the power of who? Satan. Turn from the power of Satan, turn to the power of God so that they, people, may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me, Jesus said. All right, Paul, I'm sending you to open people's eyes to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God in their life. I want people to receive the forgiveness of their sins, and I want them to have an inheritance in heaven all by them placing their faith for their eternity in what I did for them, which was the giving of my body, the shedding of my blood to cover the payment for their sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, I wanna show you. We're talking about the power of darkness and the power of Satan. I want you to see this here. Paul says it like this: 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. He said, But even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Look at this. Whose minds the God of this age has what? Blinded. They're in darkness. They can't see. Who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. This is a spiritual fact. Before any of us came to Christ, oh gosh, I can't can't even put this into words how unpopular this is and how unchurchy this is, right? There's preachers out there right now that would never say what I'm about to say. Because, you know, if we say that and stuff, we're gonna run people off and we wanna be relevant. We wanna be cool and we want people to keep coming. What? Coming to what? Coming to something that's cool and hip and gives them some kind of deceived understanding that they're right with God because they go to church but they've (laughs) never repented of their sins and forsaken Satan and his power and his kingdom? We've got too many preachers out there today. I can pick on them because I've been one for 33 years. Too many of them, they're not building a church. They're drawing a crowd and calling it church. Jesus said, upon my church, the gates of hell will never prevail. He said, I will build my church There's a difference between building the church and drawing a crowd. And we here at One Church Home have no interest in drawing a crowd. We are here to build the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we came to Christ, we were under satanic power and we were blind to the light and the glory of Jesus in its fullness without question. All right, so you understand a little bit about light and darkness now. What it is, who's behind the two sides. Now let's start our message this morning by reading John chapter one, verses six through 13. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now John isn't the author of this book, John. This is John the Baptist. There was a man sent from heaven whose name was John. This man came for a witness But as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born by the will of God. So let's unpack John the Baptist, Jesus, and generations. John first verses six through eight tells you this, that he came, the purpose of John being sent from heaven, was he came to bear witness to the light. It says it three times in two verses. He came to bear witness to the light so that everyone can believe because God wants everyone to believe. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance and salvation. That's what God wants. That's why he spoke light. Now, how did John bear witness to the light? This gets interesting. He pointed people To Jesus, it's that simple. He pointed people to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He went on and on. The Messiah is mightier than me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. I baptize with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He pointed people to Jesus continually. How else did he bear witness to the light? He confronted culture. Get ready to get uncomfortable. Jesus confront, or John the Baptist, excuse me, confronted culture. Again, what was John's message to everybody? The first thing out of his mouth, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Every every tree that's bad that doesn't bear fruit is gonna be cut down and thrown into the fire. Didn't John the Baptist know he needed to be more relevant? Didn't he know he would run people off if he shared truth like that and told people, listen, your sin is an offense and an affront to God but God loves you so much, you can turn from your sin and say yes to him. You can get out of your darkness and into the light. John confronted culture. I love it. And what was the result? Man, that we could all get a hold of this. The scripture tells tells us that the result was people ran to John, confessing their sins and being baptized. Baptized. How many of you know the gospel still works? There's no need to water it down. We need to preach the gospel for what it is and trust God with the results. Listen, any, any preacher, any individual person, any believer, you're not successful. Listen to me, this is important. You're not successful if you have people come to Christ in your midst. That's not success. Do you know what success is? You opening your mouth and preaching the gospel and leaving the results to God. You are successful if you preach the gospel. It is up to people and whatever they're dealing with to say yes to Jesus. Your success lies in your faithfulness to preach the gospel, not to hold back and to confront culture every time it's necessary. We need more people living in the light and bearing witness to the light so that the light can shine in their darkness, the darkness of culture, so people will believe and confess their sins so that they'll receive forgiveness and go from devilish darkness to the Lord of light and life and love. We need more people to bear witness. Jesus, excuse me, John pointed people to Jesus he confronted culture with the truth of the gospel, not watering it down. And he also confronted the king, Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch, which means he ruled over a fourth of this specific area that his father, Herod the Great, ruled over the whole thing. Herod Antipas was a devilish man. He was the king in the area where John and Jesus lived and ministered. Herod Antipas decided it would be a good thing for him to steal his brother Philip's wife. Her name was Herodias. He convinces or she agrees, they were both in it together. Herodias is gonna leave Herod Philip and go to his brother. Now, here's, there's so many problems with this. Not only is it unbiblical and breaks the laws of God, it broke the law of society. It was illegal to do that. It was illegal before God. It was illegal before men. And it was even worse because she was his half-sister. It was insensuous on top of it all. And when John the Baptist saw the king doing something illegal on multiple layers and levels, John didn't say anything about it because he understood separation of church and state. (laughs) John didn't say anything about it because he knew that gospel light was prevented from shining. It didn't have permission to shine in government circles. So John just kept silent. Are you kidding me? Not a guy who came to bear witness to the light. He, was, he wasn't just gonna bear witness to the light and point people to Jesus. He didn't care if he was confronting culture or the king. John the Baptist let it rip because he understood there was no darkness that was illegal for the light to invade. He confronted the king. Now listen, Luke chapter 3, verse 19, I'm not gonna go there, but it says that John confronted all of Herod's wickedness, not just this problem that he had with his half-sister that he stole from his brother. He confronted all of his, all of his wickedness. By the way, since we're already in so deep Jesus himself, what did he do? He warned the people, beware of the leaven of Herod. Herod, our king, the leaven, the sinfulness, the wickedness, the slow-growing deception that happens when something is leavened. He warned the people about it. He called Herod himself, A sly fox. This is as derogatory as it can be. We people call call people a fox now. It's like, hey, thanks. (laughs) Jesus said, you beware of him and the leaven of him. He's nothing but a sly fox. Insulting. John, brood of vipers. Insulting. Now I'm not saying we need to be insulting people, but I am saying confronting culture and confronting the king is as biblical as it can be. And again, if we think government is off limits from the light of Jesus Christ, it is no wonder we have the government we have today because we've bought into the lie of separation of church and state. We've been happy over here doing our Sunday little Jesus gymnastics while the world is going to hell in a handbasket. That's gotta stop. There's gotta be a faithful witness to Jesus in all corners of society. John's faithful witness to the light, it cost him his life. What did they do when they finally got sick of him? What did the king do? Jeff, he didn't just cancel him. He cut his head off at the command of Herodias, his demonic wife. Cut his head off. Can I tell you something? In today's culture, If you are going to bear witness to the light, don't expect everybody to pat you on the back. You better expect the blessing of God and the persecution of men. Expect it. And if you're not cut out for that, then you need to find something else to do. Don't say you're a Christian and hold back your witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a hypocrite and you're not answering the call of our day. John's faithful witness to the light cost him his head because John understood and knew that any believer who would silence his mouth to save his head wasn't worthy of the kingdom of God. Talk about Jesus for a couple minutes. Jesus, verse nine, what does it say about him? Jesus he's the true light that listen to this he gives light to every man who has come into the world listen Jesus has given light the revelation the understanding of God to some degree in some measure to every single person that's ever been born well pastor Steve that's a mouthful I mean I do you think he did that to everybody absolutely that's what the scripture says repeatedly Friends, one of, one of the most powerful quotes I've, I've, I've ever read, a story that I've ever read, not just a quote, but the story of Helen Keller. Do you all remember Helen Keller? She was a, a, a just a baby, less than two years old, and she, she caught a disease and it caused her to go deaf and blind. She couldn't speak. She lived in a world of total darkness. A world with no communication, with no seeing or hearing or understanding. I can't even imagine what that would be like. She lived in a world of darkness until the miracle worker came. Annie Sullivan, the miracle worker came and took Helen under her tutelage and began to communicate with her. For the first two years, it didn't work at all. But then one day, Annie Sullivan, who was partially blind herself from her own medical issues, put Helen's hand under water and then made the signs on her hand. This is water. And the light penetrated Helen's darkness. And then when Helen Keller began to hear about and learn about Jesus, what was Helen Keller's response? Who sat in darkness? Who couldn't hear or see or speak? What was her response when she heard about Jesus? She said, I've always known he was there. I just didn't know his name. You talk about Jesus giving light to every man? There is no greater example than what Jesus did to Helen Keller in her darkness. She said of Jesus, he is the voice in my silence and he is the light in my darkness. Yeah, Jesus gives the revelation of God to every single person who's ever been born without question. Now, why is that important? Romans, excuse me, chapter one, verses 18 through 21 sober passage of scripture. Paul writes and says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men. Why, why, why is the wrath of God coming against men? He tells you, because they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. It means they hold it down. They don't want to hear the truth. They try to cover and mask the truth. They push it down because what may be known of God is manifest in them. What may be known of God is in them, just like it was in Helen. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attri- attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Look at, So that they are without excuse. Dude, mankind is without excuse. Why? Because Jesus has given light to every single man. And although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. And they suppressed the truth and the light in unrighteousness. Whoa. Because although they knew God, they didn't glorify him. They weren't thankful, but became futile, empty, warring in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were what? darkened it means that their hearts were further darkened because although they had the revelation of the light and life and love of Jesus in them they said forget it we don't want it and so let me push the truth of God down let me push it away and their hearts get darker and darker beloved Jesus has given light to everyone It's what people do with it that causes them to either be forgiven and saved or remain guilty and damned. And it is men's choice and and men who choose darkness, they are without excuse. If you leave here today without saying yes to Jesus, it is your choice. If you breathe your last breath and spend eternity separated from God in hell, God didn't send you to hell. You went there on your own. You chose it. You chose darkness. Wow, Pastor Steve, nobody's gonna come back next week. (laughs) Watch and see if the place isn't packed again. People are dying for biblical truth today. Let me talk finally about generations. In verse 5 and verse 10 and 11, it says that the world didn't comprehend the light. The world, in verse 10, didn't know him. In verse 11, it didn't receive him. And so for generations, present people haven't comprehended, known, or received him, he, although he made them and shined light on them. He gave his life for them. This is beyond tragic. It's beyond tragic. They didn't comprehend. They didn't know. They chose not to know, and therefore they didn't receive. I don't need that Jesus stuff. Why do people do that? Why did I do it before I finally said yes to Jesus? It's summarized in John chapter three, verse 19. Here's the condemnation. This is why people are condemned. Because light has come into the world. And men, look at loved darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Why? Lest his deeds should be exposed. Some people love darkness and evil so much that they hate the light and they refuse the light even though they're aware of the light. They don't want to be exposed for being a sinner, for breaking God's law, for being someone who has to humble themselves and confess that they need Jesus. They want to stay in a place of darkness. God, why would you do that? Please don't do that. This is real. This isn't some myth. I wonder over the years, 33 years of preaching my guts out, how many people have listened to a salvation message have heard the truth, know that even in your sin, God demonstrated his love for you by sending Christ for you. Even in your sin, God loves you. And yet people have said, no. I wanna keep living in darkness. I wanna keep living sinfully. I wanna stay doing evil things. I wonder how many people over all these decades are one day gonna stand before God And God is going to say, I gave you a chance. I gave you a chance on January 28th, 2024, in Fairview, Tennessee. The pastor told you that you would, you were loved even in your sin, that you could be forgiven, and what Jesus did on the cross would pay the price for you for all eternity, and you would be separated from the darkness you're in and ushered into light. Why didn't you say yes? <coughs> what are they going to say? Well, I didn't believe. I thought it was a myth. You found out it wasn't. There are serious times, friends, and it takes a serious message. So some people blew them off because they loved their darkness rather than the light, and their deeds were evil. And they loved practicing evil rather than coming to the light. They didn't want to be exposed. But some, gosh, can we end with some good news? Verse 12 and 13 says, but as many as received him. (laughs) That means the generations aren't always wrong. But to as many as received him, he gave them the right, the power, and the privilege to become children of God even to those who believe on his name, who are born not of women, not of the flesh, but who are born by the spirit and the will of God in a moment of miraculous intervention. Someone humbles themselves. Someone comes with courage and says, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm done with darkness, man. I am ready. In that moment, God, listen to me. I was talking to a senator recently about this. He was talking about, you know, everybody's God's children. And I said, Senator, respectfully, everybody's God's creation. You're not a child of God until you receive Jesus Christ. He goes, well, I never really thought about that. I said, well, it's John chapter one, verse 12 and 13. So here's the deal. I told you up front. Where are you at? If you are even slightly in the dark about where you are with God, like you, you look at me, I'm gonna tell you. Listen, when I was 19 years old, I repented of my sin. My life changed. I've never looked back. It doesn't mean I've been perfect, but it sure means I've never looked back. I am walking in the light of Jesus. I am going to heaven by the grace and mercy of God. There ain't no question about it. If you can't say that confidently, John said, I've written these things to you that you may know that you who believe on the name of the Son of God will have eternal life. You can know, and if you don't know, you need to right now. I don't care what you've done. God didn't care what you've done. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, Right here, right now, if you're ready to get out of darkness and come to light, I don't care if it's one person or a hundred people, but whoever you are, wherever you're at, now's the time. Humility and courage. Right here, right now. Don't stay in the darkness. Light or dark, your choice. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, this moment of decision, it's massive. I know there's people that have gone to church forever that aren't saved. I know there's, there's people here, Lord, that their friend dragged them in this morning or they called their friend and said, hey, can I go to church with you? I know there's people here, Lord, that need to respond and say yes to you in a very real, genuine, eternal kind of way. Father, may the Spirit of God move over their void and over their darkness. And may they experience the light that it is good. And may you, God, separate them from the darkness they've lived in. May they go from being condemned to being forgiven. May they go, oh God, from hell to heaven. Right here, right now, I am pleading with you with the mercy of God. If you are unsure, well, Steve, I'm, I'm five people in in the aisle and I can't walk past everybody. I agree, don't walk, run. If there's anybody here that wants to say yes to Jesus, I don't care, God didn't care what you've done, how young or old, anything. If you're ready right now, I want you to come forward. Come out of your seat and come here in humility and courage. Who's, who's the first person? Who's it going to be? Awesome. Hey, we told them we would be happy for him. Come on, come on, right here. not making a joke, but I'm making an observation. Every one of these people came from the left. How about y'all on the right? Don't think you're so right. Do you need Jesus this morning? You're worth waiting for. Now, the left, we're not done with you. Come on, your heart's beating out of your chest. That's Jesus, I'm telling you. That's what Jesus does. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking on your heart saying, choose light. Choose life. Choose love. Choose heaven. Choose forgiveness. Come on. yes. Come on, girl, come on, yes, yes, give give me a hug, awesome, Sarah, come on over here, you, yes, yes, Come on. Awesome. Come on, bro. Come on. Awesome. Let's take a vote. Should we wait 30 more seconds? Come on. We're waiting on you. Well, now you really put me under pressure. If you can't stand for Jesus in a room that's going to celebrate you to Him, you're never going to stand for Jesus out in a world that's against Him. Ever. Ever. Anybody else? Anyone else? All right, y'all who came forward, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Come in close. Come in close. But listen to you, you all are making the single most important decision you could ever make in your life. Right. Saying yes to Jesus and no to the devil. Yes to light and no to darkness is the only eternal decision you're ever going to make. So right now what we need to do is pray a prayer for you to receive him so that you can become a child of God. I want you to out loud confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's what the Bible says. I want you to repeat this prayer after me, a simple prayer. It's just simply saying this. Dear Lord Jesus, I come now confessing my sin. I repent. I turn. I need you. I receive you as my Lord And my Savior, thank you for forgiving my sin and washing it as white as snow. I receive you. I receive eternal life. I receive the free gift of salvation. Jesus, fill me with your spirit and give me that power to become a child of God. amen, 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 come on, yes, yes, ma'am, yes, 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 dude, come on, come on, yes, all right, Pastor Ian, what are we doing, We're gonna go with Pastor Jeff that way for just a minute. I promise the people that brought you here will wait for you. Go with Pastor Jeff for just a second. God bless you guys. Happy January 28th, Sunday, the Lord's Day. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you all today. In Jesus' name, amen.